going on, guys? Welcome to the Health of America podcast. This is your host, Austin Spell. This is our second episode. First, I just wanted to start by thanking all of you that listened to the first episode. This was a project that really meant something to me, and it was a goal that I set for myself starting 2023 and to have it started like this and to just have the handful of views and listens that it did for the first episode meant a lot, um, especially since it was a smaller episode, more introductory. Today for episode two, uh, when I first did episode one, I really wasn't intending to get into anything this uh, heavy this early on, but the times deemed otherwise, and today's episode is about some newer information that recently came out. Some of you might have seen it. More concerningly, most of you didn't see it um, and are unaware that this is even something that's going to be going on now. And is a way of medical practice that is now being recommended. So it's a little bit concerning, and that's why we're going to talk about the information. Uh, I dove into the research papers on it, dove into the studies, and I wanted to make sure to give quality information and not just, you know, talk out of my ass. So today's topic is about an article that came out from Forbes and it stated that the American Academy of Pediatrics had recently come out with new guidelines for obesity treatment for children ages two and up. So it's pretty scary to imagine that something like this uh, is you know, being talked about in the way that it is. Uh, Because ultimately, we would think that childhood obesity, while it is a major problem that we're seeing in kids nowadays, that problem is not of their creation. It's of the parents' creation, our society's creation. Um, And the fact that we are taking and now recommending these extreme measures of treatment uh, instead of taking accountability for what we've created is a little bit concerning. So with that being said, we're just going to kind of jump right into this and talk about what the headline of that Forbes article was. On January 11th, 2023, there was an article posted by Forbes and it was titled Weight Loss Drugs and Surgery Now Recommended for Some Children. So just right off the bat, this obviously sounds very concerning um, and not something that many of us have seen, Um, especially myself growing up, being 25 now. I don't think that that's ever something I would have wanted to hear growing up or I would, would not have wanted to go to the doctor and then tell me at the age of 10, 12, 13 years old that I needed to be on medication or have surgery because I was overweight. Um, That would have sounded insane to my parents, and I feel like it would have sounded insane to many of yours as well. So I want to first go over a few of the statistics behind this and where we're actually at nowadays as far as obesity goes. So according to the CDC, this is on their website, over 14.4 million children in the United States have childhood obesity and are at a higher risk for type 2 diabetes, sleep apnea, gallbladder disease, heart disease, asthma, and joint and bone issues. Um, Children that are overweight as far as teens uh, and younger children is defined by a body mass index, so BMI, at or above the 85th percentile and below the 95th percentile. 
and obesity in children and adolescents is defined as a body mass index at the 95th percentile or higher, according to the CDC as well. Um, want to take a step back and talk about what body mass index is for a lot of you. This is, in all honesty, a really bad uh, measurement and statistic that has been used in the fitness industry before gets used in the health and wellness industry a little too much. Um, it's very outdated uh, because body mass index is basically just a scaled number that they came up with that lets us know around about what you should be at weight-wise as far as your height and age goes. Um, it does not take in any considerations for what your actual stature is so a 200 pound male that is five foot eight uh could be listed as obese under bmi standards yet be eight percent body fat and be majority muscular build so first off bmi is a very bad indicator for actual health um, granted, in children, obviously, this could be a bit more accurate because we're not going to see extreme muscle uh, growth in children this young. But I just wanted to keep that in everybody's mind that BMI is not always the best measurement as far as where our weight and health is when we're talking about obesity. Um, but with that being said, so having a BMI in the 85th percentile or for 95 percentile for adolescents is concerningly common nowadays. I mean, as we already said, 14.4 million children experience obesity um, in the United States currently. And that's just crazy to think from the background that we came from, even myself when I was younger, uh, the amount of activity level that I had as a child um, compared to nowadays the fact that this is such a consistent issue and a lot of it does deal with the fact that we have become more attached to technology life has become easier as far as um, intelligence and growth in technology that makes us be able to do things I mean you literally do not have to leave your house anymore I mean this is adults we can get your groceries delivered to your door you can get everything you need to live on delivered to your door. You can work from home. It's a little concerning, but that's besides today's point. Um, so no wonder we're seeing all of these children experiencing childhood obesity um, because we as a society have already grown so sedentary and are so unactive that this is now being shown through our children they are reaping the consequences of our actions and i also say that um preface all of this with the fact that i am not a father and i do not have any kids so i actually really wanted to have one of my buddies on here that is a dad and has been since he was a little bit younger and he's also an amazing dad because i feel like he would have been fired up about this topic as he is a trainer as well but we just take what we can get, and today it's my single man, non-dad opinion, just viewing it like that. Um, the next thing I wanted to do is talk about a little bit of what 
this study was based around and what actually came out uh, in this. So when Forbes posted this, they were talking about the American Academy of Pediatrics uh, who released some new guidelines as far as treatment goes for children ages two and older um, related to obesity. So I did read through a mass majority of these guidelines uh, and the big thing that sticks out to me is when I brought this up to someone the other day, they said to me that, oh, well, it's in extreme cases. Well, literally in the whole guidelines that they posted and on the studies, it never states anywhere specifically that these weight loss medications and bariatric surgery and stuff like that is going to be used in extreme scenarios. It's just use it as a viable option now. It doesn't specify like, oh, in these hardcore cases of childhood obesity, this is what we're gonna recommend. It just says, hey, this is now what we're gonna recommend sometimes. It doesn't say that it has to be a terrible case. Um, so which did concern me a little bit. The next thing was, and that I will give the American Academy of Pediatrics props for, is it still does prioritize that they would like to take a more holistic approach to it first. Um, meaning increasing activity level, talking about sleep health, going to counselors, doing everything possible to have uh, that holistic intervention compared to medical intervention first. That was a large thing uh, pushed in the guidelines, but it's to me still concerning that it's in the guidelines to take these extreme measurements, uh, extreme measures for something like this, uh, because there's a major underlying factor that we're missing. And the biggest reason of why the holistic stuff does not work isn't related to the child at all. Um, it's kind of something I talked about earlier. It's really th the parents, like, Again, if you're a parent and this is your child, uh, don't get too offended by what I'm saying, but kind of look in the mirror and take accountability for yourself and see what example you've set for your children and why they might be in the scenario they're in. Um, because you could be setting a better example maybe, or maybe you are setting the good example and you're just not holding them to a standard because you're worried to push them uh, because it's not what's normally done now or you're gonna get frowned uh, frowned upon by others because you're pushing your kid to do more and stay more active. So uh, that is the big thing that I did want to stress is that this was not the American Academy of Pediatrics coming out and saying, all right, whenever a kid's overweight, we're going to have them have surgery or put them on some type of medication. Uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about is, however, what they are going to be considering as viable options for these treatments. And first, we're going to start with the list of medications that were listed in the studies and in the guidelines available to these children. So the first one is going to be, I am sorry if I butcher any of the verbiage on all this stuff, but it's Wagovi. Um, this is just a weight loss medication that can be prescribed to children ages 12 and up. And I wanted to list some of the side effects and think of this if you were a parent, think of your 12 year old child, giving them a medication and knowing that these are the potential side effects. So hypoglycemia and type two diabetics, if they take the medication, 
gastroenteritis, which is an intestinal infection, gastroesophageal reflux disease, which is a type of digestive disorder. And that's just one of the main medications that they'd recommend. The next up is lidoglutide. Uh, so hypoglycemia occurred in 15% of non-placebo subjects that this medication got used on in this child age study that they use. Um, to me, that is not a small amount. 15% is a good bit to have experience in a study. Um, and that was hypoglycemia. Uh, the other thing that I really wanted to point out for this glutide is that it did specifically recommend monitoring for depression and suicidal thoughts as there was a suicide that occurred during the study. Um, and this is from an article on the FDA's website. And this article and study was done back in June of 2021 is when all the analysis was put out. Um, so that's just another concerning thing to think as if we aren't already stressed about the type of feelings that children are getting nowadays related to negative mental health. Now we're talking about increasing that by putting them on a medication for weight loss that has now had a study attached to it um, where someone, where a child did commit suicide while on these medications. Next up is going to be Orlistat. Um, after looking into it, I feel like this is going to be the most recommended medication that they would be using in these scenarios. And it's honestly the most concerning for me too. Um, so the side effects for Orlistat would be tiredness, weakness, trouble sleeping, difficulty with breathing, body aches, um, and many more side effects according to the Mayo Clinic. So the major thing with this Orlistat drug that I looked into is a potential side effect and noticing something a lot of people notice when they're on it um, is like oily bowel movements and this is due to like the medication blocking the absorption of fats so when we talk about macronutrients that's our three major uh, pieces of fuel that we use protein carbs and fats contrary to popular belief fats are essential to our hormones, our natural balances, and our digestive system. So we do need to be intaking fats. Now, if we are taking a medication that is literally blocking us from processing one of our key nutrients that we need to intake, I don't know about anyone else. I hope that you guys would agree that that probably sounds like not the best idea. Um, especially when it comes to the American diet and a very popular supplement nowadays is fish oils, which is literally essential fatty acids that we mostly get out of fish, which is not a big thing in the American diet, like similar to Asian diets that do get all of that in their daily consumption. So we're talking about something that people already take a normal supplement for when it comes to fish oils. Um, and then this medication that we would be giving to children just blocks that essential nutrient that they need, which helps with all of our bodily functions. Um, so again, this was just three of the main medications listed that were going to be used in these types of scenarios. Next up, I just wanted to touch on the bariatric surgery piece. Um, this to me is the... <laughs> I mean, most mind-blowing thing ever. I literally could not imagine sending a 12-year-old kid 
to get gastric bypass surgery because they're overweight. Um, I mean, I, I just, again, it puts me at a loss of words, even though I read up on this for days to get prepared for this episode. Um, but so as listed, it says bariatric surgery is recommended uh, for 13 plus year olds. Study showed 19.3% had major complications and 16.8% had minor complications after gastric bypass. Um, again, these are percentages and uh, that I would not want to put my child through. Um, I feel like I would rather take more accountability as a parent and as a member of society to see where am I failing? What can I do better to make my child succeed in this in this journey of changing their habits of showing them a lifestyle that does not have them live with obesity the rest of their life or have to go through some type of life-changing surgery like this at such a young age. Um, And that's really where I wanted to get into the deep talk of today after giving out all the information on the study and some of the statistics behind it. So, and again, if you are a parent and you feel targeted by what I'm saying, uh, maybe that's for a reason. And this is maybe not necessarily to piss you off, but it's to get you thinking that maybe you could be doing something a little bit better. Uh, I see this as a huge issue that we even find this acceptable and that now places like uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics is considering a viable option because we would never accept that 10 years ago. We wouldn't say, I'm going to put my 10-year-old kid on weight loss medication. Um, We would say like, dang, Johnny needs to probably start playing some sports um, and get his activity level up. But the major issue that we're looking at here is parents not wanting to take accountability for the life that they've developed and that they've shown their children and is now what their children are living. Um, It's so common nowadays that we all want to point the finger to something else other than us that actually makes us at fault for whatever we're talking about. So as far as this goes, all of these parents now are wanting any out possible to the you know, the blame of their child being obese. It's the problem of this parent probably wakes up an hour before they go to work, feeds the kid some like sugary breakfast, which don't get me wrong, I loved that growing up, but my activity level is high enough, so it's okay. Um, Wakes up like an hour before they need to go to work, feeds them a sugary breakfast, pushes them out the door to get on the bus. They go to school which at school nowadays, physical education is so lackluster, it's concerning. I mean, even when I was going through school, it was becoming less and less of an important thing. And if you look back in the history of physical education, it was about maintaining our health. Um, Granted, obviously, it's important we want to learn about, like actually learn about the body and do these things. But it was, they taught it in a way of staying active. Like I've literally recently seen videos of, uh, PE classes back in like the sixties and 
you've got an entire gym full of high school kids sitting there doing flutter kicks, planks, like jumping around, playing sports all throughout that class period compared to now. I mean, kids are going into PE and they just basically walk around, they sit there and BS. Like they're not taught anything to begin with. They use it as just a class to fuck around pretty much throughout the day. Like it's not what it should be and it's not teaching them how to stay healthy throughout life when that's exactly what that course should be getting used for. Um, so not only are they going, going to school and not learning what they need to, then that kid's coming home, their parent comes home shortly after or right before them, tired and beat after work, is not feeling like cooking, so goes out and gets McDonald's for dinner for the family, or takes everybody out, spends way too much money on a sit-down dinner, and gets a whole buttload of fried chicken uh, to eat right in front of their kids. And if we pair that, too, with this thought process that these parents probably have, which was ingrained in them from maybe even our grandparents, that we needed to clear the food on our plate, so now... We're eating unhealthier foods. We're eating all of it because it's a very old teaching to clear our plates from back when activity level was high and people needed all that nutrients. We're combining a negative with an old positive and it's creating a huge like change in our bodies of eating way too much for what we're able to do and what activity level we have throughout the day. And these kids just soak all of this up and the parent is not taking it seriously enough and then all of a sudden the kids doing the same thing and they go to they take their kid to the doctor and they wonder why little Johnny is 40 pounds overweight at 13 years old or shoot I mean even worse 70 80 pounds overweight like there's some kids now that are just incredibly overweight and the The only thing to blame behind it at that young is them not being put into activities and the parents taking accountability and making their kid be active the way that they should be. And the biggest issue is, is that parents not being active and you're not going to force your kid to do something that you're not doing yourself. When I was growing up, I saw my mom and my dad in the gym all the time. Granted, I was in a lot of sports, but it would have been completely different if my parents were doing absolutely nothing, and then I went to, I was a terrible kid. I used to want to quit all the sports all the time because I'm super competitive, super aggressive, so when seasons weren't going the way I wanted to, like I wanted to quit, um, but my parents would like literally never let me quit a sport, especially in season, and that was okay. But I also, unknowingly at that young, I saw my parents staying physically active too, so I knew that I needed to be, even though that wasn't the thought process. But I feel like it would have been even different if back then I would have wanted to quit that team and then my parents were sitting there telling me, no, you can't quit. And I'm like, well, why can't I quit my sports when you guys don't even do anything either? Like, you just go to work. Um, or what exercise you do, or if my, if my parents were 
like obese. How could I sit there and listen to my parent tell me these things if they're not doing it themselves? And again, this isn't maybe a thought process that these young children have, um, at least so specifically, but it, it is the human brain. So we will process the information like that, even if we don't fully understand that's how we process it until years later. Um, so that's what we all need to look at when it comes to this scenario right here. It's to me absolutely outrageous that it is now a medical recommendation for children experiencing obesity ages two and up. I know that most of the studies I talked about were ages 12 and up, but the guidelines are shown for ages two and up to be using weight loss medication and or surgery for a kid that is overweight when all we could really do is go to the root of the problem which is their activity level and their diet their nutrition and see okay what is the kid doing what's the parent doing what are they doing to make make their kids life better what are what should they be doing to make their own life better then we can start holding everyone accountable and then I guarantee childhood obesity would be much less of a problem. We would not see this conversation being had about using medications and surgery in order to fix childhood obesity. Um, my The last point that I wanted to talk about for the last few minutes is the problem we create if we do start accepting these medications and surgery as a viable option to treat this. So all you're doing when you do when you do put kids on this medication is you're showing them, hey, you don't have to change these bad things about yourself. We can just medicate you and make you feel a little bit better and you don't have to change anything. So now we're teaching that child that no matter what problem they have in life or if they're doing something wrong, they don't need to fix it somebody else is going to come along and fix fix it for them or give them the anecdote or give them the medication that makes everything better um so, so what what good do you think that is doing for the children of our society and what type of outcome do you feel like that's going to bring here in the united states and across the world if all of these kids are being shown don't worry about it It'll get fixed by somebody. The whole world's going to be sitting here overweight and pointing fingers at each other of why it's their fault. And all of this is intentional. That is my biggest issue with all of it. And where everyone needs to come together, sit down and understand that these things are all being done to us very intentionally. They are trying to weaken our population from the inside out, from kids up so that we are all dependent on medication and on major pharmaceutical drugs, dependent on the medical field, dependent on welfare, because then we're inactive, obese, unable to work, and then all we can do is just live on government assistance. Like These things are very intentional, and you guys need to be, especially if you're a parent, you need to be paying attention to this because you may not see the worst consequences of it but your child is going to 
your child is going to live in a very different world because of the way you have let them be raised by our society instead of you taking the bull by the horns and raising them yourself and raising them in a correct and healthy manner. So get pissed about it all you want. This is truly on you. Stop handing your kid the iPad. Pull that shit out of their hands. Kick their ass out the door. Make them go run around the neighborhood and meet other kids, run around and play, ride their bike, do some fun stuff, play sports. You set the example. Put the fried chicken down. Go meal prep some chicken breast and rice and some vegetables. Have a good family sit-down dinner. Have open conversations with your kids so that they know that you're emotionally available to them. And we're going to see this childhood obesity decrease. We're going to see this anxiety and depression in teenage and younger children decrease. Because what comes along with weight gain, um, I'm sure that any of my clients would be willing to tell you that when they first sat down and joined me, they were definitely not in the best mental state of their life. And they could probably attribute a lot of that to the fact that they were out of shape and did not feel good about themselves. Boom, all of a sudden they're depressed, have anxiety, stuff like that. And what are we talking about? The weight was up. All of a sudden, a few months later, they're with me, they've gotten active again, their body feels good. What do you know? They come in and realize, wow, I haven't felt depressed in like a month. It's crazy what happens when we start taking care of our body all of the other effects that it has throughout our life as far as habits go, as far as our emotions. Every little bit happens when we start taking care of our body and the issue is that this is now becoming a problem for even our children and we are starting to see the consequences of it. So please take accountability of yourself, take accountability of your family members, your children. If you are not a parent yourself, and you know someone that is, share this episode with them, have them talk about it, listen to it, and really put thought behind this and see if they're setting the perfect example. If you're someone that's just maybe an older cousin like myself, or your uh, aunt, uh, an uncle, be the good example for your other family members and your friends that maybe have children to start mimicking so that this issue goes away and that this is not a viable option for us to medicate children and put them through surgery just because they're overweight when really we could just take accountability and change the direction of our society. I really appreciate you guys listening to this second episode. Um, this was a, obviously double the amount of time of the first, but this is really what these episodes are going to be like. Ideally, I'd like to get some guests on here, maybe have some other people help me talk. It does get a little tiring to talk for 30 plus minutes now that I do it. So um, I do apologize to all my friends and family that have had to sit here and listen to me do this before when they didn't even ask for it, but you guys listening did ask for it. Um, thanks for listening to the Health of America podcast. Again, I'm your host, Austin Spell. Please, if you like this episode, share it on social media, give it a like, give me a follow on Spotify, um, and be sure to tell other people about it. I really appreciate it, guys. Until next time, we'll see you.